You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. For the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Every year, on this first Sunday of our Lenten journey, we hear the account of Jesus being tempted in the desert for 40 days after praying and fasting. And the reason we have this gospel on the first Sunday of every Lent is to remind us that just as for Jesus, so too for us. The devil is not done placing temptation before us. And so year after year, the church invites us to go into our spiritual desert of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving so that like Jesus, we too might resist every temptation of the evil one. For he returns time after time after time. In his most recent apostolic exhortation entitled Rejoice and Be Glad, Pope Francis states, we should not think of the devil as a myth, a representation, a symbol, a figure of speech, or an idea. In the fifth chapter of the first letter of Peter, verse 8, we read, Like a roaring lion, he prowls around looking for someone to devour. The devil is real, and temptation was real for Jesus and for you and I. No one of us is exempt. In the gospel account of these three temptations, these temptations were essentially that the devil was placing before Jesus to try to get him to see things through the eyes of the world and not through the eyes of God. We, too, can be faced with that same temptation today to see things through the eyes of the world and not through the eyes of God and God's holy word. Bishop Kenneth Utner, bishop now deceased of the Diocese of Saginaw, Michigan, was the founder of the Little Black Books that we distribute here every Lent. And in one of his homilies, Bishop Utner put it this way. As I was driving down the expressway, an image came to my mind. Sometimes you see a road running along the side of the expressway, and it goes the same direction for a while, but then the road goes off somewhere else, and you can't see it anymore. Roads like that are different from the expressway. They're not as wide or as straight. You can have a hard time getting around slow-moving trucks. The roads twist and turn through the countryside, 
and through towns. You have to put up with traffic and detours and go through towns that aren't as antiseptic as turnpike service plazas. You will see more poor people, some junkyards, and many things you might have missed. It's a hard, longer drive. Traveling along as part of the culture is like traveling on the expressway. Deciding to live the gospel is like traveling the side roads. Traveling on the expressway is like tuning in to the best of our country's values and way of life. You think it goes the same direction as those of the other road and that you are following the gospel. Wrong. Bishop Untner, with this image, reminds us that the Christian way of life is countercultural and the less traveled road, and that we must not mistake Christianity with our culture, even though most of our culture claim to be Christian. The devil's greatest temptation to all of us is to sail along along the expressway of our culture, along with everyone else, letting ourselves be deceived that by doing so, we are following the way of the Lord. Indeed, the devil's temptations are always very subtle, and all of us can be easily led astray without ever knowing it. Our world and our country are faced with many serious and divisive issues in this present age. And unfortunately, many Christians tend to look at these issues through the eyes or through the lens of their political affiliation or economic strategy or national self-interest rather than through the lens of God's holy word. As some of you may remember, it was back on January the 20th of this year that I gave a homily focused on abortion as the foundational pro-life issue. But I also mentioned at that time that there are many other significant and controversial pro-life issues that the sacred scriptures and the church have addressed, including such things as poverty, racism, prison reform, capital punishment, euthanasia, migration, care of Mother Earth, war and peace, arms control, child abuse, and the list goes on and on. And as any priest or deacon will tell you, when we preach on the issue of abortion, we receive lots of accolades. But when we preach on these other pro-life issues, we are accused of being too political. And so often the result can be that we tend to remain silent rather than to risk stirring up the waters. But we can't just preach a portion of the Word of God. We must preach it in its entirety. Some often refer to it as the social gospel, but I think that's inappropriate. It's the gospel, period. Every part of the teaching of Jesus has a social dimension to it. For if it's one thing that Jesus made clear time and time again, it is that we can never separate love of God from love of neighbor. And so abortion and all these other pro-life issues are hot political issues. But they are first and foremost an issue of the gospel. 
and so inspired by the words of Pope Francis, who states in his latest encyclical, boldness and apostolic courage are an essential part of mission. I think Lent then is the appropriate time for us to reflect upon these other pro-life issues. For Lent is all about conversion, a change of heart. Again, in the words of Pope Francis, let us rethink our usual way of doing things. Let us open our eyes, our ears, and above all, our heart, so as not to be complacent about things as they are, but unsettled by the living and effective word of the risen Lord. It was St. Pope John Paul II who often reminded us we must not give in to the temptation to stay close to the safety of the shore, but rather we must dare to venture out into the deep. That, I think, would be a worthy goal for all of us during these days of Lent. Let us then, through our Lenten prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, be inspired and strengthened to imitate the example of the one who resisted the lures of the devil to conform to the values of his culture so that, like Jesus, we too will always put God first and not our culture, seeking God's will over our own self-interest so that we can truly proclaim by our lives of faithfulness to the gospel that God is good all the time.